podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing? I am so thrilled to be with you all today. We have a lot of things that have just been going through my brain and I'm like, I can't get it out quick enough. And I'm really just inspired by everything that's happening in the group coaching that I'm doing in the Better Sex in 90 Days. We're coming up on the last few weeks of it. And there's just so many celebrations and ahas and shifts and like permission and opening. And so I wanted to share one of the celebrations from here because I think, you know, it's it's good for us to understand this stuff cognitively, of course, like that these things are possible, but to actually hear real life celebrations, to witness it can be so powerful. And also just understanding what it looks like with this work. And that was part of the reason I had a couple clients on for a few episodes, but I really want to get into the pattern of sharing more of these celebrations and ahas regularly. So as the listener, you can understand what's possible for you and in their own words, what they're experiencing. Okay. So here's one of my clients and these are all going to be anonymous because, you know, when it comes to sex, we are a little bit more private, but she said, she's like uh, talking about the group. And she said, you all have inspired me and I've gained so much from your post and your openness to share. I thought I would at least offer some celebrations I've been having, even though I haven't been able to participate in everything. I'm still feeling so much more sensation on a daily basis and actually feel so much more connected to myself and embodied. This is huge for me, considering I've felt mostly numb to my body for so many years. I just feel like my cells are waking up. I'm giving myself permission to feel, and it fills me with so much joy because I sense this is only the beginning. Just being aware of my vulva, that it's actually a beautiful part of me, and accepting and connecting to it has brought new tingly sensations throughout the day. I think just a willingness to accept that I'm not broken and this shit can be figured out has helped immensely. I noticed the other night I was actually able to receive pleasure during oral sex instead of being so self-conscious or uncomfortable with the attention. Being able to relax into it was everything. Thank you, Danielle, for this work and your love and support. And thank you to each of you for being vulnerable and helping me be a Uh, your examples and journey, sending love and hugs to all. (sighs) You know, every time (laughs) I read these celebrations or testimonials for my clients or their shifts, it just naturally gets me emotional because I want this for every single woman. I think it is such a beautiful liberation of the way that we've been socialized and what we've been taught and hearing a woman being able to celebrate herself in this way with self-love, with her sexuality and sensuality, and then actually being able to feel pleasure is 
huge. It's so huge. It's so empowering. And then to see what these women go and do with this sense of empowerment and this new self-concept, is it just blows my mind. And it makes me so grateful for every single woman that I have the privilege of working with and guiding them through this journey. So if this is something that you want, my next group, Better, Better Sex in 90 Days, we're starting the first week of September. I've already been accepting and looking through applications, and it's going to knock your socks off. I'm taking this version that I just did and just adding even more value, creating just the ultimate experience for you to be able to just really fall in love with yourself, to be able to experience this you know, pleasure in your own body and find that better sex for you. So, so excited. You can check that out on my website, daniellesavory.com slash group. And if you have any hesitations at all, I'm just setting time aside to hop on the phone with people and talk them, you know, through what it would be like, because, you know, I know this is a big step. It's an investment of time. It's investment of money. It's trusting me to take you through this process. And I don't take that lightly. And so I am more than happy to hop on the phone and chat with you. Okay. So let's talk about this episode. Sorry, I'm kind of out of breath (laughs) from my procedure a little bit ago and I'm still, my body's still getting better. But one of the effects, um, I lost a lot of blood. I almost had to get a blood transfusion and one of the effects my doctor told me is that you get kind of breathless. And so I notice that when I'm talking. So anyway, if I sound kind of out of breath, just understand why I'm fine. I'm not running or jogging. I'm just speaking. But sometimes it's still hard for me until we can get those hemoglobin, blah, 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 whatever red cell blood counts up, the iron up, then I'm going to be a little breathless. Okay. So speaking of being breathless, Let's talk about arousal. So when I was in my group and teaching, one of the things that I started to realize is how interchangeably we use the words arousal and desire. And actually, they're two very distinct things. So I wanted to talk about that and then really talk about our ability to get aroused because that's what a lot of us are talking about. You know, I hear from women all the time, like, I want to have more desire. I want to have, you know, this increase of libido. And that's great. And like we've talked about on the last couple of episodes, desire really is that, you know, it's that eagerness. It's that wanting to have sex, right? But arousal, on the other hand, arousal is actually like a physiological response in your body that makes sex something that it's like, like you're you're wanting it, the desire can come in, but the arousal, it's like you're primed for sex. So you can think of arousal as the body's response to eroticism, to wanting it, right? And not necessarily wanting it. I shouldn't have said that. It's just the physiological response that you have when you feel sexually excited. And Then what happens is oftentimes with most women, like I've mentioned before, they have what's called 
you know, responsive desire. And responsive desire means that eagerness and that wanting to have sex doesn't actually come until after arousal has started. So it doesn't come till later. And so we're like sitting here wanting to want sex, but we have a arousal level of zero. And so arousal becomes very important for those nearly 80% of women that experience, you know, responsive desire is that getting yourself in a environment in your mind and your body that arousal has the time to surface, that has the time to come about, that is going to be what leads then to desire, what leads to the eagerness. So arousal, it's like they, for women, it's actually when they start to notice something going on in your body. So if you have a vagina, it could feel like like a throbbing or a pulsing or a tingly sensation down there. And if you have a penis, it could be noticing getting harder or similarly, similarly, I can never say that word, (laughs) similarly, there we go, uh, a throbbing or like a pulsating or feeling of sensation in the member in the penis, right? So we think they go hand in hand. But the interesting thing is, is you can actually have desire without arousal. This happens a lot with spontaneous desire. Like you're like, yeah, sex sounds great. I really want it. But your body hasn't physiologically gotten to the place where it's turned on yet, where you're actually feeling sensations that make you want to do it. Then on the flip side, you can actually have arousal without desire. We know this when people have, you know, for young teenagers, they call it wet dreams, but, you know, dreams where their body becomes very aroused, even to the point of orgasm, it still happens, you know, later in life. I have many clients that experience this, was there's arousal happening in the body, but there's not like an active desiring of sex. Arousal can also just have like, can your body can just respond to sexually relevant stimulation. It can become aroused, but it doesn't actually mean we want it. And it's really important to understand that your body can respond in an aroused way. And it doesn't mean anything about you wanting it or liking even what's happening. So that's really important for those of us to understand. If you notice your body is becoming aroused by things that you do not find to be actually desirable or stuff that you like, then it's just important to know this means nothing about you. It's just a physiological response in your body that is responding to this like sexually relevant stimulation. So what we have to think about here is getting into the place to actually become aroused, like really giving yourself the space. So the last couple of weeks, we talked about motivation. So again, this all plays in together. So the motivation is the willingness. The desire is the eagerness. And the arousal is the physiological response that says, I'm sexually excited. These all go hand in hand. They exist on their own, but they can all influence one another and either create very pleasurable sexual experiences or not. So for sex to be mind-blowing or even just good, then arousal is really necessary because it's the foundation of pleasure. It's the foundation of you being able to tap into your body and notice and 
feel what's going on. And it's something that we ultimately skip over. We're kind of like waiting, you know, just to get to the main course. And so for most of my clients, it's less about creating arousal, but arousal can actually be there, but it's getting over all of the other things that are getting in the way, right? Getting all of those out of the way. Because for most women at the beginning of a relationship, they might find themselves being come easily aroused. It's just there. Their body is ready. They're physiological responding to kissing their partner, to thinking about their partner, to touching their partner or being touched by their partner. It's not something that they have to work on. And then later, especially after being in a long-term relationship, what happens is the mind just hops into autopilot. It doesn't actually let yourself be in your body and experiencing the sensations that's happening, and that takes you away from the arousal. The other thing that I find really fascinating is a lot of these women who are not finding arousal at you know, with their partner have no problem becoming aroused on their own. When it's self-pleasure, there's nothing that's kind of standing in the way from them being able to get turned on and then taking themselves all the way to orgasm. So why is that? Again, it's not necessarily something that we are creating in one experience and not creating in another But more often than not, it's all of the other things we're layering on top of the experience that are getting in the way of arousal happening to begin with. And for most of us, we think of like intercourse, like penis and vagina, and if you're in a heterosexual relationship, as like the main course. So it's like, oh, well, we've done all of this before, and it gets skipped over or it gets sped through if it still is happening to get to the quote unquote main part, like the whole reason we're here, like just let's hurry up and do it and get it over with. And there's no time for the body to catch up. There's no time for the body to physiologically respond to physical sensation in a sexually excitable way so that you actually are eager for it and want it and then are creating a more pleasurable sexual experience. So I started thinking about, okay, well, what does arousal actually require? If we're talking about becoming like sexually excited, like what are the requirements for this, right? So one of the things that I think is really important is just the absence of pressure. And I tried to think of a fancy word for that and I couldn't. (laughs) So we're just going to say the absence of pressure. Sometimes I like to think of it as safety, but I think that safety can be multi-layered. So really just think of it the absence of pressure. Okay, so not feeling like you have to perform, not feeling like you have to even have intercourse, you know, being able to say no at any time, being able to say stop, being able to speak up, like really relieving the pressure for something to happen. It could also be pressure, you know, to have an orgasm, pressure for it to take a certain amount of time. The other thing that I would say that arousal requires is just sexually relevant, like eroticism. And when I think of eroticism, I really like to think of it as playfulness and an imagination, (laughs) because I think we get away from this a lot 
when it comes to eroticism, like it becomes very serious business to have sex. It becomes very, you know, like rigid. And especially after you've been with someone for a while, it becomes very routine. Now, as I've mentioned before, routine doesn't mean that you don't do the same things, but it's almost routine in your mind, right? As we've talked about multiple times, you have the ability with your mind to create novelty in any experience. So when I say it's like less playful and less imaginative, what I'm really meaning here is we're not using our full capacity of our brain to be creative, to really imagine that we are kissing our person for the first time, to be lost, you know, in where this might be going. Even if from the outside, if somebody was watching you having sex, which might be your thing, but let's just say if someone was watching from the outside, there's nothing actually different going on, but it feels playful to you. It feels imaginative you for, for you. It feels creative because you're creating that experience with your mind. So when I say this, please understand that I don't mean that you actually have to you know, pull out all the sex toys or do a role play or do something else. If you want to, for sure, go for it. But it's not a requirement for your session, for your sexual session to be erotic, to be playful, to be imaginative, to be, you know, creative. We really can just turn that on with our mind and remind our mind that this could be like the first time, that it doesn't have to be so routine. And then the third thing that I think is required for arousal is the embodied experience. (laughs) This is so, so important. It's actually giving yourself permission to be in your body and not in your head. And I consider this place to be language less like not not with a lot of language. We spend so much time in language and that part in our head where we're talking, where we're thinking, where we have thoughts that are actually sentences. But when you allow your body to start becoming aroused, you're going into this place where it's more a place that doesn't have language. It's a felt sense. And when you drop into the felt sense of your body, into sensation, then that's where the pleasure exists. That's where you really find yourself being swept away. Sometimes like in, I have a number of meditations that I give my clients in, in the group and also in one-on-one. And part of the thing that I love to explain is talking them into that. We use language, talking them into this place where maybe you're following your breath in and out. And then there's this moment where you just allow yourself to be breathed. You just allow yourself. It's like the surrendering to sensation and you allow your body kind of take the lead. That's what I believe an embodied experience is. And that's what I believe is really required for your body to become fully, fully aroused is your ability to drop out of all of the narratives, all of the stories away from the sensations and just be, be with the touch, be with the kiss, be with that lingering fingertip, be with sensation itself in the present moment as it is happening in your body will allow you to just ride that wave of arousal and get closer and closer to that place where you feel so turned on. 
And then the last thing that I believe is required for arousal is really for you to loosen your grip on control. (laughs) And this tends to be one of the hardest things for most of the women who I work with, which are high achievers and, you know, perfectionist or recovering perfectionist is this idea of knowing how exactly it's going to look. And at a particular point, there is this moment where you just have to be like, I don't really know how this is going to look and that's okay. Like giving yourself permission to let go of control, let go of control of your partner and your expectations of your partner and how they are, you know, interacting with you or not interacting with you, letting go of the control of you know, your sounds even, if you're inhibiting them versus letting them go, letting go of control of how long it's going to take and what your orgasm can even look like. Really giving yourself permission to loosen your grip, loosening your grip on even like whether or not you have an orgasm, but then really focusing just on pleasure. That orgasm isn't the goal, that maybe it will happen and maybe it won't, but that you're really there to just experience like watching and feeling your body go through these waves of arousal. So when you think about really what is required for arousal to happen, you can see where you may be inadvertently like squashing arousal, that you're getting in the way of it. You know, one of the main things I just think that we get in the way of like squashing arousal is not even giving ourselves time for arousal. We just assume that, you know, we can kiss a couple of times and then get to it and it's going to be fine. But really seeing that allowing your arousal to work up is so, so important. And that this might actually be the missing piece to your libido, to desire. Because the more I work with women and the more turned on they get and the more arousal they experience, then their desire just naturally follows. They're like eager for it and they want it because it's actually feeling better, whether or not they orgasm, the arousal itself is enticing enough for the brain to be eager to try again, to be eager enough to get into the body and really truly become embodied in that felt sense of pleasure. So then what does get in the way other than us not thinking it's important and giving time? And by the way, caveat here, actually, I don't think it's a caveat, it's just a tangent (laughs) What I want to say is that did you know, on average, it takes like 20 minutes for a woman to become fully aroused. And I'm not talking 20 minutes for her to reach orgasm, 20 minutes for her to become fully aroused. How many of y'all are giving yourself a full 20 minutes with these stipulations, not feeling pressure, allowing it to be playful and imaginative, allowing yourself to be fully embodied and loosening your grip of control. My hands are on my hips and I'm looking at you very sternly through the microphone. (laughs) I bet not very many, right? And then we're like, what's the matter with me? What's wrong? I'm broken. It's like, no, you're just not giving yourself time. You're not giving yourself time to actually get turned on. And one of the reasons that we get in our way is our thoughts, 
right? It always comes back to our damn mindset. You know, I'm probably sure you're sick of hearing me say that, but it's really true because you can think about how your mindset, the way you're looking at things is not actually creating the environment for arousal to begin with. We're constantly putting pressure on ourselves, whether it's to perform sexually or whether it's to get sex done really quickly so we can put pressure on ourselves to be busy and do all the other shit we're supposed to be doing, right? Whether it's putting pressure on yourself that you actually just have sex to begin with. And then how rigid we've become with sex. We're not even thinking about like just our love and connection, but not giving ourselves permission to even ask ourselves, what do you want? Like, woman, what do you want? And then feeling bad if something comes in our head and we have this fantasy, like it's dirty or I shouldn't be thinking that, rather than just seeing like, oh, there's a little bit of a fantasy here. That's okay. We, We yuck on our own yum. We put ourselves down before we give ourselves permission. And then we're just in our head all the time about all the things not giving ourselves space and presence and pause just to be with sensation. So arousal is a process. It's letting the body physiologically catch up to letting it, it's like allowing, right? Letting the sensations to land deep enough, no pun intended, (laughs) for you to open up to arousal, to pleasure, and then let yourself be carried along by the waves of arousal. And then understanding that for many of you listening, at least 80% of you, this is what needs to happen for desire to even enter the picture. That we can be willing We can be open, we can help our desire along with our mood, but a physiological response of sexual excitement is actually going to trigger and flip a switch in the brain that's like, yep, this is what I want. I want more of that. So help yourself, help yourself create an environment in your mind so that you can become more embodied. And take a look at how you're looking at sex that's putting pressure on yourself. And can you give yourself enough space and enough permission to become aroused? As always, it's been my absolute pleasure to bring this episode to you. I hope that it helps you understand arousal a little bit more and give yourself time and permission to get turned on so you can get off. And if you want help doing this, this is exactly what I do with my clients. I give you a step-by-step process, mind, body, and everything in between that allows you to become a fully turned on woman and experience all the pleasure that's possible in your body. You can check out my coaching options. It's either one-on-one coaching, which I have a couple of spots open for, or the next round of Better Sex in 90 Days, which starts the first week of September. And I'm accepting applications now. Have a lovely afternoon and I will talk with you next week.